was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Well, thank you, Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Night Before Christmas edition and on If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking. I am your host, Archie Mitchell, along with my co-host, Mark Brew. Mark, say what's up, buddy. What's up, buddy? <laughs> nah, it's, a, it's, it's a pleasure to be back again for another week of If You Smell that What the right. Arch is Cooking. That is right. And tonight, we're going to be going back pay-per-views or anything big going on, it was just straight up AEW, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and it's good to get back to the basics sometimes because you miss out on a lot going on when you're just talking about the pay-per-views. Yes, indeed. So, we picked a good week, though. We picked a good week. There were a couple of good main events on Raw, SmackDown, and AEW that were, you know... Kind of unbeatable. They were like match of the year candidates when you look at the bigger picture. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, every show that I watched, I, I seen something that I, I genuinely liked. Right. So it wasn't like, uh, do I have to stomach through this, or is you know it actually right. entertaining? Right. There was only one show that I have a lot of complaints about, but we'll get into that a little later on when it's time. Uh, right now, though, um, no frosty beverage tonight. I am drinking a hot tea with lemon and uh, and honey. Mark knows we had some snow here yesterday, and I'm feeling a bit of cold, so I didn't want to make my bones rattle throughout the rest of the evening. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and jump into some quick hits. Of, of course, if you guys got a frosty beverage, pop it open and enjoy in it as we spew our venom, our hate, and our love for the world of professional wrestling. Mark, you said you had some quick hits for this evening, so go right ahead. Start us off, my friend. Um, Yes. Uh, it's rumored that WWE wants to bring back Stone Cold for WrestleMania for a non-wrestling role. Right. So what and, would be your thoughts on that, you know, because it's going to be in Dallas or wherever? The pop would be fantastic. We know Steve Austin gets that same pop that The Rock does, you know. But I would, I would hope that there is some kind of storyline, you know. Yes, non wrestling is fine. I get it. He's going to probably be the host or something, maybe a special referee. But I would hope that they give him at least a couple of weeks lead in going to Mania and not just have him pop up. I mean, yeah, the the pop would still be huge. But I want him doing something other than just going out, hey, it's so cold here. The next match coming up is great. Say what? And then walk away. You know what I mean? But I, I like it. I, exactly. You know, we, we need some nostalgia back in uh, the world of professional wrestling. So I like it. Um. Also, December 17th, uh, NXT UK star and NXT star Ilja Dragunov got married. And fun fact is that he now shares an anniversary with me and my wife. Excellent. All right. And he's a badass. So oh, yeah. you're in good company, or he's in good company, rather, being with <laughs> you in that, uh, in that date. Um, 
I have to say something about this guy. I sung his praises when he came to the United States to fight Walter uh, in their rematch. I I don't know which one of them is more of a shoot, him or Walter, because they don't pull any any chops or punches. Yeah, and they're both tougher than wet leather. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I I've never seen two men get red chested and busted up and beaten down so much as those two did in their takeover match and in their first match in the UK. And when he won the title, I said, you know what? He deserves it. He's a small guy, but he took Walter to his limits, which we ain't seen yet. Walter still ain't been in the ring since fighting, uh, you know, Ildra. So more power to him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So, uh, one of the uh, things I was reading in the news, I don't know if it's real or not, Mark. The Rock wants to throw his hat in the race for if the WWE is for sale to purchase it. Yeah, but, like, for what they said that (coughs) the net worth of the company and, you know, what his potential selling price would be, that The Rock's net worth is not that. Right, right. So, like, he would definitely would need really... some partners. Right. I mean, people are gonna watch it, of course. If that if that were to happen, just because it's the Rock. Right. Right. And definitely, he's still good for that pop. Not well, to discount Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but that's just how it is. I mean. If he if he could afford to do that and that be and he can give us something way better than what we've been seeing, definitely I'm all for it. Well, we know he definitely bring in some Hollywood writers to write the scripts a little bit better. Yeah, and it had to be people that see that's the problem I think too. Like they tell them stories about how they hire creative people who have no background in wrestling, you know, I guess to keep them right. from being partial in storylines and stuff, but if you're going to have somebody writing a story for your business, wouldn't you want them to have some background right. knowledge of your business? Right. What Are you, are you afraid a, a, a 40-year-old writer is going to come up to you gushing? Look, I really like AJ Styles and I think he should be the World Heavyweight Champion. No. That's not the way they're going to do their job. I don't know who does their job like that, but you know what I mean? Dude, you shouldn't have fired Karrion Cross. You know, that ain't going to happen in a meeting one day. You know? <laughs> if it ain't happened in 100 years, it ain't going to happen just because they're hiring guys that are fans. I, I Look, I'm not suggesting that they hire you and I, although I think we could book it a little bit better. But if oh, you yeah. hire someone yes, with a background in wrestling – you're going to get someone who knows the damn sport and knows how to make the fans slightly happier than they are right now. So, I don't don't know. Maybe we're Uh, wrong. Maybe Vince is right in all of this, so maybe we're all just bitter fans. Yeah, if we said that in front of him, he'd be like, shut up! Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. We'd get the Sami Zayn treatment. Shut up and make me money. Um... Any other quick hits? What do you got on your end? Uh, That's all I have on my end. All right. We are going to now shift into our next segment. It's a new segment 
Uh, and this is for my buddy, Mr. Brew here. It's uh, an independent spotlight looking at things that are going on in uh, Mark's company. So, Mark, go right ahead. Take the center stage. I'm here to listen and put any input that I can, but it is all yours, my friend. Uh, Saturday, March 12th, we are having our first show of the year. And it's kind of, you know, a time for us to rethink and make the company better than it was last year. It's going to be called Revamp. And it's going to be in Albany, Georgia, 313 Pine Avenue. The doors open at 5.30 p.m. The bell time will be 6.30 p.m. And all tickets are just $10. And... It's presented by Exclusive Pro Wrestling in conjunction with Hope Championship Wrestling, WrestleVival, Unashamed Events, Wrestle Church, Sawiga Chlorinator Inc., and of course, if you smell what the arch is cooking. Which I can't tell you how much that means to me, my friend, that you would allow that to happen that and, and do that for us because that that is just, in my opinion, for me and Mark, that is a step in the direction of putting this podcast on the map and he and I getting... I don't want to say famous, but maybe, you know, like seeing a guy on a street corner one day walking by go, hey, you're Mark Brew, and hey, you're Archie Mitchell. You're those guys that say if you smell what you're cooking. We'll be like, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> you're ripping off the rock, you know yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, if we get famous enough, we get a season. Can you stop using my words, please? Name your, name your damn podcast after something else. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think he'd be too upset with it. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You got some some pretty decent names coming up on that card as well, right? Yes. Uh, we have Lodi, former WCW and TNA talent Lodi. Uh, we have a couple new guys making debuts. Uh. We got Tyson Maddox coming back, but we also have Brimstone debuting. Johnny Romano coming back. Logan Stevens coming back. Jerry Michaels coming back. And the Fly Fellas making their debut against another tag team that's making their debut, the State Line. Right. Now, so, the Fly Fellas are uh, gentlemen by the name of AK, and his tag team partner is named. Isaiah Frazier, I believe. Isaiah Frazier. Now, I've known AK for about a little over a year because I made a custom figure for him and his buddy, Jason. Mark's known him for about four or five months as well because he made a custom figure of Pentagon as the Joker for him. Mark's came out phenomenal. Mine came out okay. But Mark helped with the uh, art for that box. And uh, so we do know AK very well. Talk to him, you know, when we can. And we are going to do our best to have him on the show tonight. But if something happens that we can't, then next week during our – because we're going to – I'm going to talk to Mark about it before we go off the air tonight. Next week, though, we are definitely going to have AK on the show, if not tonight. And we are going to do our best to speak to him about indie wrestling, what he thinks, you know, goes on there, what he's thinking, you know, about how the whole traveling thing goes on and everything like that. We'll also speak to him about his match coming up at Mark's show in March. And we'll even get his feelings about the state of uh, current wrestling 
as a whole for the main product, you know, and see what he thinks. Because I'm sure, as an indie wrestler, he probably had a lot of strong feelings when he sees guys getting over in this business that maybe don't deserve it. Or maybe do, but getting pushed too quickly. Exactly. Like, they're... There's a level of honing your craft that speaks for itself. Definitely. And when you are doing what you do best at how do I say this? Uh, At a level that most aren't competing at. Right. You have you have right. that standout factor, that wow factor, and it's going to speak for itself. I agree. I agree. And uh, AK, I've seen tons of his matches. He used to send them to me on Messenger, then he tagged me in the post that he, you know, when he started putting them up on Facebook. He has got some of the most brutalist looking moves that I, I and I don't mean that in a bad way, ladies and gentlemen. When I say brutal, I mean when you see them hit. You're just like, ouch. You know what I mean? You're like, damn, how did they withstand <laughs> that kind of move? And he's not doing it against the guy who's his size. He's doing it against bigger opponents. You know what I mean? And AK isn't small by any any means, but I saw him do a, a German suplex into a top rope drop kick with his partner on this guy who looked like he was 400 pounds. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when Mark says doing things at a level that nobody else is. He means it because it's the truth. When these guys are getting to that level of, okay, I've made it, and I'm just going to keep growing, getting up and, and and growing and getting better, and then they look on television, and there's a guy like, you know, I hate to name names, but Grayson Waller from NXT, and he's like in the main spotlight right now, but the guy can barely wrestle. You know what I mean? Right. So to me, that's frustrating when I see guys on the indies that ain't getting their shot and guys like Grayson Waller are, I'm sure to the indie wrestlers, they might have, they might be a little nicer than I am, but in my opinion, there shouldn't be shit on television when you got so many great guys down on the indies that should be pulled up and at least given a shot, you know? Right. And we'll be grateful for it. Right. Right. And something fresh can potentially make your company a lot more money. It worked in the past. Why wouldn't it work now? You know, that's the thing with the time with wrestling promoters. I think that's the thing, Mark. They forgot what got them to the dance. You know what I mean? Vince McMahon had to totally revamp the WWF when Hogan and Savage left. And he had to use guys like which Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were awesome. But he had to let the smaller guys get up. And then he brought in guys like The Rock, Stone Cold. Triple H, McFoley, you know what I mean? And and let them go even higher on the card than he expected them to. WCW in the same right, we're getting guys like Benoit and Jericho over too. What happened all of a sudden that now it's just like, no, use the main talent. Use the, use the, call the Undertaker. We need a big name. I love the Undertaker, but he's 57 <laughs> years old. You know what right. I mean? So I mean, you you can only do the same thing over so many times before you find a. Hey, I need a new way of doing this, right? Or the old. Way I, of doing I've done it been through it a better. few times. Yeah. Right, I've done been through it a few times. It's time to better the way I get here. I agree. 
I agree. All right. So going into the show reviews, uh, unless some, there's anything else you'd like to add, Mark? Um, let's go ahead. We got a lot of material to cover this week. All right. Well, some you good, are, some not so bad. You are our Raw reviewer, so go right ahead and lead us in with Monday Night Raw. On Monday Night Raw, we started out with MVP and Lashley cutting a promo, stating that Lashley deserves to be in the WWE title match at day one. They're interrupted simultaneously by Owens, Rollins, and then Big E. Finally, Sonya and Pierce come out and announce that Lashley will be added to the match if he can run the gauntlet, defeating all three participants in one night. Now we're off to the races, proverbially speaking. Uh, next we have a backstage segment between RK Bro, where he states that their next move should be podcasters or shamans. <laughs> you remember a few weeks back when we were talking about that? Yes. You were like, what if it's Riddle? Or you said, what if it's Morrison? Or what if it's Riddle? Right. Well, it's so, Riddle, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but, you know, and just, I get the I get the 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 reasoning behind it. Riddle smokes pot. These guys smoke pot. But is that your only reason for putting them together? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, it, and then it was kind of like a blatant. It was an fu to the fans. You know, yeah. I kind of get the feeling that maybe it was supposed to be Morrison, and then they they fired Morrison and we're like, "Shit, who do we got? We got Riddle. Yeah, we got Riddle. All right, all right, use Riddle. You know, which I like. I like Riddle, <laughs> but my my questioning is why. You know, yeah. But uh, so. that segment then transitions into a match between Riddle and Otis. And after a lengthy exchange between the two, Otis picks up the pinfall victory after a vicious front slam. Otis needs to keep getting wins. Whether they be tag team wins or singles wins. He is money in the bank if they just allow him to be a monster. Exactly. And, I mean... At the same time, some people are probably like, I don't like this all serious Otis, but to be honest, you, you the way he was so goofy as, as the other Otis. Right. It's it's kind of like, this guy's talented, but instead we wanted to use him as comedic value. And now he's just showing that he's way more than something to laugh at. Well, I mean, look, you made him a comedian. You let him do all that. You gave him money in the bank. You gave him Mandy Rose. You stripped that all away. Okay, he's a monster now. Let's stick with it. Because if you take him back to being comedy Otis again, Lord help me, that guy's going to look like a lost dog. You know exactly. What I mean? it's just, it ain't going to work out. So. Um, overall, I have to say... The athleticism in this match surprised me. Right. It really did. I mean, not so much on the part of Riddle, but Otis. Like, I give it an A overall. I agree. I agree. 
he is he, he continues to surprise me for a guy who's that small and four hundred pounds. He's got all the athleticism in the world. So let him keep doing it. That's what I say. Just keep pushing. Yeah, I mean, out of, I, that whole thing with him and Gable was out of left field, and they're making it work. Because literally, yeah, you want to reach up there and just slap Chad Gable right now, right? So they're right. they're they're doing their jobs well, as heel well, as they're supposed Gable, to. Gable, Gable, though, you got to feel for the guy. Great tag team with uh, Jason Jordan, ripped away from him to make Jason Jordan Kurt Angle's son. Jordan gets injured now for the amount of times that you're making him wrestle in one night and per week, from the soft schedule to the hard schedule. You then put him with Chad Gable with Shelton Benjamin, another successful tag team. It's working. You break them up too. So you see this guy who's got a chance to be a tag team artist. Like we've seen with guys like Marty Jannetty, uh, Jim Neidhard. You know what I mean? The the guy who always does the, the, the workload of the team. And now he's stuck, which it looked like he was stuck with Otis, but is he making it work? So you know what? Go for it. Play it out. Let them right. win the tag titles if they can. So. Um, up next, we have Archie Mitchell's favorite feud, which is Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Uh, <laughs> and this is nothing but, against either women. But go ahead. They are building Dewdrop up as serious competition for Belair. Because she did dominate the majority of this match until Bianca caught her slipping in the corner and countered with the power bomb, then hit the which was impressive. Would get the pinfall, which was very which impressive. was very impressive. Um, then My problem of course with it they is had. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. No, go then ahead. Bianca, Bianca celebrates her win, and she and is attacked from behind. By Dewdrop, which is leaving the door wide open for this feud to continue. So Archie right. Mitchell's going to have to st- stomach it for a little while longer. Well, see, this is my problem, though. Dewdrop debuted as Dewdrop with Eva Marie. She had a total of three matches before Eva Marie got fired and left the WWE, all of which were with Eva Marie. What do you have to be bitter about? Number one. Number two, <laughs> Bianca Belair should be fighting for a title. If not a title, at least in a main storyline. But instead, you gave her dewdrop. Okay, fine and well. I don't know if you've watched Monday Night Raw yet. They have another match on Monday Night Raw this week coming up. This uh, week that's passing no, by. And they call they have the nerve to call this match the final chapter. And Bianca Belair <laughs> wins again. And Dewdrop just leaves the ring this time. I don't know if the reports are true that she's going to go back to her former name as Piper Niven and re- be revamped or what. They need to do something else with these two women, though. It was I bad. Agree. They had, but... The action was great, but it's just a boring storyline that's not going anywhere. Right. It has no sustenance as to 
you know, them really chasing after something. Right. Because we don't need because Bel Air's Bel-Air's top top tier talent and right. and Dewdrop's not bad talent. She's just No. She's not great. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, right. She's not Bianca. Well, I mean, like, all right, let's say she would have Sasha. Well, right. But when Bianca whipped <laughs> Sasha with that hair and, and literally, you know, busted the skin and all, it's like right. that that's some stuff you don't see other than like on, maybe on a Mortal Kombat game or something. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we and don't know if Dewdrop would have beat Bianca. Factor. We don't know if Bianca would have beat if, if Dewdrop would have beat Bianca twice. She wasn't getting a title shot from Becky anytime soon because they're both they're both heels. So it's right. just painted them just painted the WWE in a corner with Bianca now because okay after Liv is done battling Becky, no matter who the champion is, I don't think Bianca's going to get another shot for a little while. So what do they do with her? Do they put her in another pointless feud with another one of the women on the roster? Do they maybe put her with Rhea Ripley and have them fight for the tag titles because Nikki Cross is having issues? It's just a weird moment right now for the, one of their ma- main roster stars who's actually really damn good at what she does. Right. Yeah. Um, overall, I gave this matchup a B. I mean... I agree with that. It it, it wasn't horrible. There, were, no. there was some good spots, but at the end of the day... You were only going to squeeze so much out of Bel Air and Dewdrop. Exactly. And they're going to squeeze a little bit more this week on Monday Night Raw. So. <laughs> <laughs> then up next is uh, <laughs> Lashley versus Kevin Owens. This was a standard back and forth match that saw Owens tap as soon as Lashley began to cinch in the hurt lock in a preserving act of desperation. I didn't have a While problem with that. It, no, me neither. Because you kind of expect it with Kevin Owens being a heel, too. They had to right. think of a way to, you know, creatively get him to lose. Because, of course, if they're going to advertise that they got he's got to beat all three opponents, he's going to make it to the third. Right. But I, overall, I gave that one a B. I agree it with was, that as well. It was all right. Yeah, for two um, heels going up against that, each other, it was not a bad match. No, it, it definitely wasn't. But after that, we're followed up by a Becky Lynch promo with a Liv Morgan interruption. The best part of the interruption was the little girl in the background sticking her tongue out at Liv and telling her Becky rules. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but goes to show Becky still got up. got the uh, fans. She she still gets support. Oh yeah. And then things start to pick up as Liv rushes the ring. She opens a can on Becky for a short period before Becky sticks her arm between the steps in the ring post and stomps it multiple times. Yep. Yep. That that promo after was brilliant. I'm gonna go home to my good looking husband and my beautiful baby. Why don't you put some ice on that? And she walks away. <laughs> it was it was pretty brutal for Becky Lynch. 
Definitely, definitely. It, it, I think that they're doing good at building her to where people are going to dislike her, but at the same time, it's Becky, Becky Lynch and you're a fan. Right, right. I can't dislike her. She'd have to do something pretty awful for me to dislike her. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just don't see that happening. Um, after that, we have a segment where we see Dana Brooke and Reginald taking a stroll in the park when their conversation is interrupted by a sneezing snowman and a tree that turns out to be Akira Tozawa and our truth It's so awful. Dana takes off. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's the twenty four seven. You can't hate it. It's so awful. It, but right. You can't hate it. You want more. <laughs> right. It, it fits because it's the holidays. Okay. Right. So of course they're gonna have them. You know, something outlandish to do with Christmas. Of course. But <laughs> anyways, the sneezing snowman and the and the tree that turns out to be Akira Tozawa and our truth. Then Dana Brooke takes off running while Reginald attempts to get the jump on Tozawa and Truth to distract them. And Dana is then met by Tamina, who just runs up out of nowhere in the park. <laughs> and they exchange blows. And Dana darts away, running and jumping behind a snow mound, not to be seen again. Right. Which, my only problem with the whole segment was Tamina. Because these segments are meant to be funny, but also somewhat serious. And Tamina is just too serious for me. Right. You know, I, and I get it. We have to have a woman take the belt off Dana before one of the men could maybe attack whoever to get to the belt. Something stupid's got to happen. But if it's going to be Tamina, right. I just, I just, like, I hope it's a quick one, two, three, and then she loses the belt immediately because Tamina has no. Um, rapport with anybody. She was good when she was in the tag team with Natty and they were the tag champs, but since then, I don't know, she just lost whatever she had going for her. Uh, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. You know, she's, no, she's a great, great second generation talent, but they ain't pushed her for where to lick any, anyway, so why, uh, you know, why uh, even bother now? Especially with the 24-7 title. Yeah, well, I guess there's got to be some something for everybody, though. Right. Um, next, we have the Dirty Dogs versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor. This was a tremendous tag team match. I agree. And Austin Theory... Distracts Balor by jumping on the apron for a selfie with Balor that allows Ziggler to hit Balor with the zigzag and the Dirty Dogs score the pinball victory over Priest and Balor. Is it wrong that I hate Austin Theory? Yeah, it's it's kind of getting outlandish. Yeah, but like, I, I, the good thing is, is they kind of already killed it, <laughs> right? <laughs> because what well, what Vince said, you know, right. he, yeah, I, I believe I got that wrote down here in a little little while. Yeah, yeah. it's just look, I, I get it. 
new young kid taking selfies is his gimmick and whatever. I just don't like him though, and I don't mean as a wrestler. I mean as a person. I just don't like him. You know, he's, I yeah. got no way heat for him. I don't know. You know, when he was in Evolve, I, I had to, he was a great wrestler, but now he's just like okay, he's just another guy that's there. Yeah. I mean, as far as in-ring work goes, he can hang. I'll mm-hmm. say that. He can he can hang. But I I don't know about his character yet. It's just I got yeah. to see more to, to really invest in him. I liked him better in the original NXT than I did than I do with Unraw. I know that much. Um after that, we are followed by Queen Zelina versus Rhea Ripley with a very crappy with a very crappy accent impersonation by Vega during her entrance. Worst English accent I've ever heard. (laughs) And yes. And this match was shorter than Dink the Clown. Yeah. I think it was less (laughs) than two minutes. And Carmella and Nikki Ash entered the ring and distracted Ripley, allowing Vega to win a <coughs> pinfall with a roll-up. I wasn't very pleased with this match. No. No. I gave it, it a D. Not great. It, yeah. It, are you talking about Rhea? When you say D, are you talking uh, about Rhea? You know, D or... I'm kidding, Mark. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you on the on the grade. It, it was you, you can't have. I mean, you made such a big deal out of the women's titles, the women tag team titles, and then you made even more of a big deal out of them because you gave NXT their own version too. So now you're just yeah, a yeah, two minute yeah. squash match. Don't do anything. Yeah. You now know? you're basically you're you're titles is going to be looked at as uh, you know the next step up from being a in the 24-7 picture. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah, it did not impress me. It To me it was a waste of good talent. You just had them walk out to the ring just to be seen. Right. Maybe I'm looking at that wrong, but no, I agree. It's like you needed to fit it. them in. You needed to fit everybody on the cards. So you're like give the give Zelina and Carmella the titles, and give Rhea and uh, and Nikki to be the next challenger. So let them keep feuding. You know, which is fine, right. but make it at least give them five minutes. You know, let them let them see what they can do. They you've they've had longer matches before. What was the difference tonight? Right. Um, where. Followed by Lashley versus Seth Rollins. This match Rollins starts. Rollins started out strong, and as soon as Lashley gained control, Kevin Owens runs out and attacks Rollins to get Lashley disqualified. Right. And Sonya and Adam restart the match and declare that right. Stop right. right there for a second, though. All right. That move by by Kevin Owens was genius. How else are we going to get Lashley out of this match? Right? Yes. Chicken shit. He'll move. 
Right, because the whole time he, he's... Right, all right. Why would you restart? The, you're basically saying no matter what happens tonight, Bobby Lashley will be in the fatal four-way at day one. Right. You know what I mean? You've restarted the match. Every match he's going to be in now will be a disqual no disqualification match. So why didn't we just put him in? He's a former champion. Why didn't we just put him in from the beginning? Why did he need to qualify then? Right. You know? Well, after they declare that it's restarted, then Lashley instantaneously hits Rollins with a spear to win via right. pinfall. And I gave that one a B minus just because that that match had a little more meat on it than the Owens and the and Lo, Owens and Lashley. It did, it did, but for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. But I mean, we agree to disagree. It was just, it's bad booking. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just say we want yes. Bobby Lashley in the match. You know, I don't know. Right. Um. After that, we go where Cruz, Commander Aziz, seeing backstage talking to Mr. McMahon, and that's interrupted by Austin Theory. Vince scolds him for interrupting him and tells him that he isn't impressed. And essentially tells him that he will erase him. Right. Right. So Vince is uh, throwing his weight around. Yeah, and... Classic Vince Vince move. I mean, of course, he's made. He's basically making a joke out of the cuts and all that. You know, right, right. It's what he does. It's what he does. But we're then taken to a segment of Miz TV hosted by Maurice. She introduces the Miz, and Miz comes out and nominates himself for the upcoming Hall of Fame class. Yep. He pokes a few shots at Edge before Edge's music hits, and he makes his way to the ring. They exchange, and the Miz attacks Edge. Edge takes control and attempts a spear, but the Miz pulls Maurice in front of him with an Edge to stop which allows Miz to hit a skull-crushing finale, but he catches backlash from Reese for pulling her in front of him, and Maurice plants a square on the ball as she storms off. Which makes no sense, but... Not... Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the whole Miz versus thing. No, no, I'm liking liking Miz versus Edge, but the whole Maurice interaction is making no sense so far. Yeah, because like, okay, it's it's like Angie said, she's like, now they got to argue on their reality show, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you got to be upset on Ms. and Mrs. Oh, of course, and you know that will be highlighted somewhere on Ms. and Mrs. Some one of the seasons they will highlight that without a doubt. Oh yeah. Um, for the main event of the evening, we have. Big E versus Bobby Lashley, and this was a demolition derby. 
There were chair shots and table spots. Uh, We even saw Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins interfere and attack Lashley. Big E then attacks them, leading them to turn their focus on Big E. Then we see Lashley. Yeah. Then we see Lashley and Big E simultaneously put Rollins and Owens through a table. Uh, Big E then tells Lashley they need to finish it one-on-one. MVP comes in, hits Big E in the, in the knee with a cane. Lashley hits him with a spear, gaining the pinfall victory. I gave this one an A-. Good match, good storytelling. But why would you attack the guys that are trying to help you win your match? I get it. Big <laughs> E's this, this fighting good champion. He's the new day. Everything is positive. Yes, wonderful. Right. But do, do you really want to fight for people? You really want to fight right. four people? You beat Lashley twice already. You know what I mean? And when you look at the main spectrum of all of this, Seth Rollins won a ladder match to qualify to get a shot at the title. Kevin Owens was added to the match for really no reason. And then now you added Bobby Lashley. So we went from it being Seth Rollins, who should have a one-on-one title match, to a fatal four-way again. It's like, oh, they're not cheering yet. Throw somebody else in. <laughs> right, right. Um, but all in overall, all, I, like gonna, I thought Raw was good. Yeah. I gave it a B plus overall for the whole entire I, show. I agree with you there. Uh, I think they really cleaned up a lot of uh, problems from weeks past, uh, except for the, the, the stupid booking of, well, hey, Lashley's in the match no matter what, without just putting him in there. The matches were good, and some of the storytelling was really good. Yes, and I also like that most matches ended with a pinfall victory. You know, it seemed more like a legitimate sporting event. And some finishes could have been better, but, I mean, it's WWE. You're going to get where you're going to get. Of course. Of course. They got to throw in a couple of uh, messed up finishes just to screw with everybody at home. Right. So, we wouldn't be them if if they didn't. We move from the goodness of Monday Night Raw to the sour glass of milk left in the refrigerator that is NXT 2.0. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the man who started this show to talk about NXT and AEW has begun to truly sour on the NXT product because here we go, NXT 2.0 review. Nice highlight package to start us off. We get to show us Johnny Gargano's farewell speech. And then Grayson Waller taking him out last week. Now, I have no problem with Grayson Waller taking out Johnny. But if it was just to make an impact, they could have used anybody else but this guy who's only been there for a month. They could have used Von Wagner, who took out Kyle O'Reilly. They could have used Tommaso Ciampa, who has a history of taking out Gargano. They could have just let Johnny have a feel-good moment and walk away into the sunset. Yes, like, that's... We're gonna we're gonna get into them uh, something about the feel good moments later on too. But uh, the more they naturally let that happen, the more the fans the fans are gonna want to keep watching. If you if you don't give them that, then they're gonna go where they where they find that. Right, I, I couldn't agree more. We then go to a street fight as our opening match between Cameron Grimes. And Duke Hudson. Duke is still sporting the blonde hair and um, ear guard that he's wearing, a la Kurt Angle. 
Um, <laughs> you know what? I, for a street fight, it was actually a very innovative match because Cameron Grimes was jumping around all over the place and actually had a really good match here. And Duke Hudson is showing me he's great power and can pretty much get any match done, whether it's with Cameron or whoever. Um, Grimes picked up a win uh, in 17 minutes after he stomped on a chair. Duke had the chair. Cameron got up straight up in the air and just came down hard onto Duke. Good opener, in my opinion. Good, solid opener for a show that we'll get into that in a second. What do you think of it? Oh, you wait. <laughs> Never mind. Mark Mark was very busy taking care of horseman business this week. I cannot fault him. Um, so I, I give that a solid B-plus opener for, for our show. Um, we then go to Cora Jade. She tells Mackenzie that she wants Dakota, Dakota Kai and that she's looking to continue her winning streak. Dakota walks in, says she's going to take Cora out. And then we watch Grayson Waller make his entrance to the arena to a field of, bu- of booze by a bunch of plants on the outside. Now, of course, he's going to get booed. But in my opinion, Mark, he's not getting booed because of what he did. He's getting booed because nobody likes him. <laughs> like, right. You think <laughs> you you're, you're getting booed because you attacked Johnny Gargano. No, you got right. booed because you're garbage. Right, you suck. <laughs> right. There's a difference. There's a big difference. We come back to see uh, Briggs and Jensen hanging out with Carter, Carter and Catarizano at a country music festival. And I'm really hoping that Team Botch doesn't bother this new tag team of Briggs and Jensen because they're great. And Team Botch, in my opinion, these two young women cannot have a match without almost killing their opponent. Grayson Waller then comes out and proceeds to cut a one of the... Mark, this was one of the worst promos I've ever seen. All this kid talked about was social media and views. Never really mentioned why he took out Johnny Gargano. Never mentioned who he wants to face next. And the fans were... This was a Mike Adamley type of promo. <laughs> you, you know, it was like, where are you going with this? Can we get to the just of it? Can we get to the final, you know, the, the ending? Fans are booing and... Uh, because he's he's that damn bad, you know what I mean. Just right. cut your cut him, come out and say I took out Johnny Gargano because he was Mister NXT and I want to be Mister NXT. Okay, great. But no, right. And now you, now there's that. some reasoning behind it. <clears throat> nothing to do with that. Uh, we then we then see footage of last week when MSK found out Riddle was the shaman. And am I the only one who didn't like this? I mean, it could have been anybody else, but. Riddle. He's the world tag team champion on Raw. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you got to look up to somebody, at least it's somebody with some gold. <laughs> right? I don't know. It, just, it lacked originality to me. Um, oh, Jesus, Last Legend is back, and she's interviewing Jack at time. Uh, yeah, I'm fast-forwarding through this part. Oh, we we go to Ivy Nile taking on. Did you really just team up a whole segment? (laughs) Yep. Can't, can't do it. I cannot watch her. And Jack and Time is one of the worst names for a happy I've ever heard. Um, Ivy Nile takes on um, all they they called this young lady's name was Miller. They never gave her a first name. Nile came in and just ran through this enhancement talent. 
suplexes her opponent like her name was Brock Lesnar, and then picks up the win in three minutes. <laughs> Did they already have her in the ring and just put up a little nameplate with her name? <laughs> Miller. That's all it said. And her opponent, Miller. And I'm like, wow. Even Dwayne Gill got a better entrance than that in the 80s. <laughs> you know. Backstage, Zion Lee says he doesn't know what Electra was doing last week when she handed him the brass knuckles. Uh, but he doesn't like it. And then Robert Stone walked in and throws a fit and says that he wants to get back to being in the spotlight. Speaking of spotlight, Mr. Spotlight himself, Von Wagner, walks up and cuts an incoherent promo. Like if he put three sentences together that didn't go, saying he went out there, he cracked somebody's body, he'll do it again, no one can stop him. See what I mean? See how incoherent? I'm, I'm not joking. This is what the yeah, man said. So, someone get people. He's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, I miss the old NXT at this point. Riddle of MSK takes stuff out of a fanny pack. Uh, this was some hit and miss comedy uh, that ended with Riddle giving them scooters. Why um, couldn't it have yeah. been like somebody like RVD or something like that? Right. That would have been more entertaining. Right. And everything is a pop joke. Like, every every time they get, ooh, what's that? And then it ends up being the stupidest, like, oh, it's a scooter. Here, have one. Like, okay, I get it. All right. Harlan makes his debut. Uh, and he is fighting a man by the name of Raja. No last name. He is just Raja. A-R-J-A. Uh, and this was a burial, but in a good way. Harlan abused his opponent and smiled while doing it. Constant knees to the face and slams were used en route to Harlan hitting a reverse Sambo slam and getting the win in three minutes. Harlan is beginning so, to remind me of what would happen if you took the mask off of Michael Myers. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a great, great, you know... Reference to how how you feel watching what's happening with him. Right. Post-match, Harlan continued his abuse backstage by taking out officials and throwing Brian Kendrick down a flight of stairs. (laughs) I'm not... They were at the top of the stairs, Mark. He flung them off camera, and when he got to the bottom of the stairs, (laughs) Brian Kendrick was just at the bottom like, like passed out. So he killed Spanky. He, <laughs> he killed Spanky. He killed Spanky. Brian Kendrick has been beaten up by the Undertaker, Triple H, John Cena, Ezekiel Jackson, Wade Barrett, but Harlan murdered him in one night. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Corey Jaden took took on Dakota Kai. Both women went back and forth, but Jade held control for most of the match. Uh, Kai's new psycho gimmick is not paying uh, paying off too well. She just looks weird. And the, the hair, the makeup, I don't know. No, like, Kai like I went, said before, when they had all that going on with Raquel, you know, it's not believable that she's going to just go handle somebody. Just when you see Dakota Kai, it's like, 
she's some she should be somebody's sidekick. And I'm I'm not discounting her talent in the ring, but no. that's just the appearance. Right. I agree. You know, if if anything look, Raquel was a decent NXT women's champion, but I think Dakota should have held it first. And the split shit came from Raquel turning on Dakota, not right. You know, like I said, that Shawn Michaels diesel fed that might have went a little better, but it is what it is. In any case, Cora Jade picks up the win with a roll up after Kai went for a shovel. I mean, like, pulling a shovel on somebody is basically murder. Because no matter where you hit them, you're killing them. It's just the way, you know, my opinion. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Jade got the win. Post-match, Kai attacked Jade again. But Raquel chased her off. And then Mandy Rose came in and attacked the injured arm of Cora Jade. So I guess we're leading to Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose. Probably be a decent match. Yeah. It uh, might be a breath of fresh air from a lot of the stuff that you're seeing on NAC. 2.0. Hopefully. Everyone backstage walks up to Grayson Waller and tells him off. I wish I would have been backstage. Uh, the funniest <laughs> part was Io Shirai. Io Shirai telling him off in Japanese. Because for all we know, she could have been telling him, your shirt looks really nice. That's a great hairdo. But she was saying in a different language, so it sounded like she was cursing this guy out. You know what I mean? <laughs> She so, said it with some spunk. Yeah, you know what I mean? So uh, he ends up leaving and saying, okay, you guys don't want me here? I'm out of here. Uh, then we go to Tony D'Angelo taking on uh, Andre Chase. D'Angelo gets the win in five minutes after a rolling fisherman suplex. D'Angelo is beginning to grow on me as a talent in NXT because he does wrestle pretty well. But what a bad 90s gimmick to give a guy in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody's really walking around. You're going to be sleeping with the fishes. Right. Right. <laughs> like know, like mean, our Goomba. <laughs> yeah, they don't, there ain't nothing like that anymore. I get it. Soprano <laughs> movie was coming back out. You wanted to hit upon that. But you could have made him a little better at what he was. You know what I mean? A little, I don't know, more... 2021 mafioso, not 1990, not 1984 mafioso, you know. Right. <laughs> D'Angelo then calls out Pete Dunn because he has Pete Dunn's mouthpiece. Why would you want somebody else's mouthpiece? Um, Dunn comes out. Tony tries to sneak attack him. Dunn catches him, breaks his finger, and then retrieves his mouthpiece, steps on it, and puts it in his own mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, oral yes. is listen, listen. This is this is what's hilarious to me about it because while you were saying that, you were like, "I can't believe I'm saying this crap." Right, right. <laughs> oh, the... yeah. We then have we then go to the possessed boa. Taking on Idris and four. Um, this is not an enhancement talent. Idris made his debut against uh, Solo Sukhoi a couple of weeks ago and had a great showing. Uh, N4 showed off major skill here, delivered some kicks and a hell of a suplex. But Boa wasn't in the mood. 
he gained control and landed a vicious spinning heel kick to get the win in four minutes. Raquel Gonzalez then challenges Dakota Kai to a street fight next week. Curious to see what comes of this. We then get followed with Grayson Waller attacking LA Knight in the backstage parking lot to get payback for last week. Drives off in LA Knight's car with LA Knight's girlfriend. And she's just sitting there going, who are you? And he's like, don't worry about it. And they pull off. Yeah, like, uh, okay, that's kidnapping. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we've seen bad oral hygiene, murder twice, or attempted murder twice, and kidnapping all in NXT 2.0. I like and, it. And don't forget Riddle Riddle as a shaman. Right, Riddle as a shaman, can't forget that. Jack and Time then take, uh, took on the Riddle Young Veterans. Um, another quick match here, six minutes total. Uh, Jack and Time picks up the win after the Creed Brothers... Uh, distracted uh, Drake and Gibson. Jiro pulls the roll up, gets the win. Wasn't much to this besides that. Uh, yes, the Creed brothers are now going to feud with the Grizzled Young Veterans. I don't know what's going to happen to Team Japan, Japan, a.k.a. Jack and Time. I kind of hope they get future endeavored, but that's not fair to uh, Kushida. But, yeah. Carmelo Hayes then approaches Roderick Strong. Uh... But then Trick Williams has a picture that Dexter Loomis drew of him, gets freaked out, and walks away. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's where we are with that. And now it's main event time. Thank God for the main event. We have Roderick Strong taking on Braun Breaker. Strong used everything he had in this main event. He nailed a running knee and a gory chop block and even a nice top rope suplex and tiger bomb combo. But it was to no avail because Braun Breaker tried to uh, keep the match as technical as possible. And then he switched it up to his power game. Uh, Strong went for another high knee. Breaker caught him into a monstrous looking slam. Hit a gorilla press into the power slam and got the win in a 16-minute main event. Great main event and the best thing about the show at all this week. Post-match, Tommaso Ciampa took out Breaker with an assisted DDT. Told Breaker he will definitely grant him another shot to end the show. I am giving this match a D. In my normal ratings, it would be a two point, a two out of five, but it's a D. The main event and the opener were the only things worth watching. Everything else was just a quick match or some really bad writing. You know what I mean? I, I, I got to be honest that, with you, a, Mark. That's a legitimate reason. If you if you're okay with it, if NXT is that bad this week, I'm not keeping them on the show because <laughs> it's not. Man, I'd about. rather I'd rather review Triple A Mexico's house show from 1994, where we know every match has a botch in it, than review <laughs> NXT ever again if it's going to stay like this. And apparently, AJ Styles is on the show this week. To talk to Grayson Waller. So, to quote Tony Schiavone, that'll put butts in the, in the seats. Well, I mean, AJ, if a, if anybody can bring a good match out of somebody that's supposed to be talented in the ring, it's going right. to be somebody like AJ. I hope so. Which, I mean, it. 
may not necessarily be a bad thing, but we just have to see the context in which they approach putting it out. Right. For all we know, this might not be a match. He might just come out there and talk to this kid about what he did to Johnny, and, you know, that'd be the end of it. Because AJ wasn't in NXT, so it's kind of weird to see him go to NXT when he wasn't there to begin with. So... Moving on you know, to AEW this is, Dynamite. This is WWE, though. I mean, you have to look at it. There's going to be a whole lot of shit that don't make no sense. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. My point being is, like, for AJ to be the one to come in and be the spokesperson for NXT, dude, you went straight to the main roster. You know, give me Ricochet right. as the spokesperson. Give me, give me somebody on the main roster right now that isn't doing anything that you feel should go back to NXT for a couple of weeks or a month. And fight this kid. You know? Right. I agree. AEW Dynamite is our next show to be reviewed. And we go straight to the ring, which I always love about a wrestling show. If you get me hooked with a great match right off the bat, I'm with you. And they did, Mark. This was a 60-minute matchup between Brian Danielson and Adam Page. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw a 60-minute match in wrestling. That's that's definitely taking what how they used to do in the old school days and proving you still got you got what it takes to do what worked back then and make it work these days. I agree. Flair and Steamboat, Flair and Sting, you know what I mean? Angle and Lesnar for one hour on SmackDown, you know. This this was in line it's with insane. that. It, the match changed speeds throughout, and it gave the fans what it needed. They started off playing with each other, and Brian being a little bit of the, the chicken shit heel. Then they went full speed ahead, and Brian was hitting everything with the kitchen sink. Hangman brought the kitchen sink. Brian's knee was messed up at one point. Hangman worked on that. It was a fantastic back and forth battle, and when Hangman. Finally hit the buckshot and the bell rang. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And it was, it's a time limit <laughs> draw. And I was like, "No, I want more." I'm like, "I need five more minutes, please." Well, you Don't can't let, let it, you can't let him like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic though. They gave everybody everybody's been for the last month wanting Dallas Brian Danielson versus Adam Page, and that's what we got here. Fantastic matchup. Fantastic but that just goes guys. to show you that they're listening to what the fans want. I agree. And that's why, I, I look, I, I hate the AEW fanboy sometimes. Remember, I gave all their props. I said Monday Night Raw was great this week. But AEW doing something like this, this was an A-plus match to start off the show with. You know, it's the way it should be. Get the fans involved, get them hot, and let them just keep going with you. It was worth every minute of that 60 minutes I watched. And that's that's a almost a lost craft. Like, if you're training to do 60-minute matches, you're going to be leaps and bounds above other people. Because if you can, for 60 consecutive minutes, if you can keep somebody captivated in a match. Right. You are one hell of an in-ring worker. 
storytelling at its finest. You know, that's where, it, you know, you, you've, you've reached the perfect point of your career that the fans are willing to watch whatever it is you're doing and cheer you for it. Heel or face. Right. You know. Uh, moving on, the Super Click talks about and challenges the best friends for next week. This feud's have been a little lackluster because it sir I'm I'm not gonna lie here. It really served no point except for look, we got nothing for Adam Cole or the Young Bucks. Put them against the best friends. And uh, you know, they're a three man team, you're a three man team, it'll work. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, you want them in locked into something that people's gonna invest into. Oh, I, I mean, agree. Don't I get agree. don't get me wrong. Orange Cassidy and the best friends and and Adam Cole and all of them are, are all good talent. But damn it, put them in something that makes sense. Right. He never finished with Jungle Boy. They never right. had a real one-on-one matchup. It was nothing but three-man and six-man tag matches. Like, okay, can we have one-off, one blow-off match to see who's going to win? Right. <laughs> Don't tease us with it and then be like, "Hi, ah, you thought. Right. Uh, Wardlow then murdered Matt Seidel for two minutes straight, legitimately, four power bombs until uh, Sean Spears had to beg him to stop. So Wardlow got the win in two minutes. And I again, if you're going to build a monster, build him like this. Let him go out there and beat high-profile names like a Matt Seidel or a Cody Rhodes and do it convincingly because then you have somebody who's unstoppable. Right. And then you know? people are going to want to see who's going to be the one to knock him off that. Right. Exactly. It, and if- You know, it, it's typical – Stuff that we see in wrestling all the time, but you have to take that role and really excel at it. Exactly. And and some guys like we mentioned tonight, Harlan, Otis, and, and Wardlow are doing that right now. They're being built up as monsters, and guess what? They're making it work for them. Yeah. I completely Eddie agree. Eddie Kingston then tells us, Eddie Kingston then tells us that he's tired of 2.0. He means the tag team, not NXT 2.0, but I agree with you on both parts, Eddie. Um, <laughs> and that he he and the Lucha Bros are going to take care of this annoying problem very soon. Again, this feud seems a little pointless, but I love Eddie Kingston, and I can't be mad at anything that he does. So, you know, more power to him. Uh Hirokiro Shida takes on Serena Deeb next. This was a great 20-minute women's match back and forth. They traded submission maneuvers. They traded suplexes. Serena Deeb has really become a cold-calculating shooter since she got to AEW and since losing the NWA women's title. Um, She's been taking it out on Shida for the last couple of months, but Shida fought back and finally got a roll-up and picked up the the three-count to get a win over Serena Deeb. I enjoy these two women immensely. I think they both have great skill in the ring. I give this match a solid B. That's that's definitely fair. I mean, the like like we said, both companies have a great women's division. 
definitely. Definitely. And they know how to highlight them when they want to. Yes. So, main event. But it's only when they want to. Only when they want to, exactly. <laughs> Don't ask us to do it on any night because we won't do it. We'll wait till you're not around. <laughs> right. Main event time, and it is Dante Martin taking on MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. MJF has won it two years in a row. Uh, Dante Martin has been an incredible breakout star. Uh, AEW is doing one thing properly, and that's pushing their new stars the right way. Uh, Martin was made to look like a star tonight and showed off his high-playing ability throughout. I mean, this kid, he jumped off of everything, Martin. If there was a high area for him to get on and jump down on, he was doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> didn't, but didn't, didn't we just talk about if Hardy would come? You know, they'll let right. him jump off of anything. <laughs> yep. So, well, they, instead they just let the Dante Martin start it out. Yep. yep. Uh, Max attempted to and almost out-wrestled Martin, but Dante's speed got him back into control. Martin had the match won, but Ricky Sarks helped save MJF. This allowed MJF to hook in a Fujiwara armbar out of nowhere and pick up the win in 20 minutes. MJF is once again the Dynamite Diamond Ring winner. So three years in a row, this goof is holding on to a giant diamond ring that he uses to knock people out whenever he feels like it. It's his stick. It's yeah. his stick. <laughs> Like he goes to Tony Khan, Tony, I want a championship. Will you take a diamond ring instead? Yeah. You know. We're going to make this work for you. <laughs> Post-match, MJF and the Revival were celebrating in the ring. When Sting and Darby Allen attacked, MJF got the upper hand. But CM Punk made the save and then challenged that MJF and the Revival take on Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen. Yes, please. That is a six-minute... <laughs> I can get behind three monstrous stars like Sting, Bart, Darby Allen, and Punk, along with MJF, who's the rising star and the best tag team in the world of the revival. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, it definitely has the potential. Uh, AEW goes off the air then, and I give this match a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, so a solid B, plus, in my opinion. Um, the, the main event, though, and the women's match, the, the, the main event and the opener, women wrestling ability was great. It just seemed like everything else in between was jumbled with the, hey, I want to challenge this guy to a six-man tag. Hey, I want a ten-man tag with this guy. You know what I mean? There was just so much more going on to get us to the holiday weekend, which is what they're pushing more than anything. Right. Because they, I mean, they know people are going to be at home and... Wrestling's the perfect way to bond with your family too. Without without a doubt. Especially right, especially if you know somebody else in your family enjoys it sitting there and watching something it just there ain't nothing like it. I agree. For me it was my granddaddy, he and I used to watch wrestling whenever and wherever. Now my son sons watch it with me here and there. But my granddaughter is slowly starting to watch. There's just one small problem with that, Mark. <laughs> she tries to lay the smack down on you? <laughs> she she could land a wicked-looking frog splash. I ain't gonna lie. So. <laughs> she even does a little Eddie Guerrero roll and the shake, so it's like, 
Damn it, what am I teaching her? So <laughs> back down his next off, off the dresser. The dresser. Yeah. Yep. She's gonna she's <laughs> gonna come off the dresser with a macho man elbow on you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right now it's the couch. She hasn't got higher than the couch yet, so we're almost there. So before I go happened. into my room. Yes, go ahead. Right. Before I before I go into my review on SmackDown, I want to say it did not disappoint. I agree. SmackDown was 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 rather good this week too. The main the main so, shows definitely took took the place of, of NXT this week. Right. Which I don't feel is too much of a bad thing. I'm just sorry that you had to sit through NXT. Uh, I, I signed up for this. I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, we kick SmackDown off with Sasha Banks and Tony Storm versus Charlotte Flair and Shotzi. And evidently, we're dropping the black heart part of her name because they just referred to her as Shotzi now. Yep, they her and Tegan Knox before she was fired were being referred to as Knox and uh Shotzi for the ending part there. So but I was happy to see her because she has not been seen since Survivor series. Right. Um there was some great athleticism and showcasing of the top tier female talent on SmackDown. Uh, Tony Storm surprises Charlotte with a roll-up into a bridge that allows Storm to pick up a pinfall victory for her team. Uh, I gave this match a minus because there wasn't really all that bad with it. No. No. uh, All four women... Held up their end. There weren't any botches or mistakes that I noticed. Uh, Charlotte Flair actually was selling when she needed to. Because in recent weeks, as we've seen, Charlotte has been brushing everybody off and not mm-hmm. selling when she has to. But I guess when she's in there with Sasha, she's got to be a little more respectful. You know what I mean? Well, they do respect they, each other. They so. definitely seem to get, you know, the best out of each other. I agree. I did. I did make a mention though. I was watching SmackDown with my wife. She's like, "Look at all the pretty hair." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're basically the Powerpuff Girls now. Every WWE woman has a different color hair now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how they're. It's not the outfit. It's not the wrestling ability anymore. It's what color is her hair? You know? Right. So. Um. After this match, we have the Viking Raiders. Versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. To me, this was this was a traditional big man match with a few innovations. Right. I think Shanky needs to work on his selling a little bit. (laughs) But other than that, this match wasn't terrible. But nonetheless, Ivar hits a splash and pins Shanky, securing the win for the Raiders. Decent match. I under you're right about Shanky, but can I ask you this question? What? Who was the genius that decided 
Let's split up both of Jinder Mahal's henchmen and only send one of them with him to SmackDown. Because the other guy, Veer, is waiting to debut on Monday Night Raw for like the last yeah, three months. Yeah, and, and it's been like that for the, yeah forever now. Right, since the draft happened, since they split them up every week. Coming to Monday Night Raw, Veer, and it, when? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I gave that match of solid B. I agree. I agree. I mean, there was <laughs> stuff that could could have been improved on in it, but other than that, I'm going to say it was a solid B. For one, because Ivar freaking hitting that splash is just, it's a feat in itself. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, we're followed by a happy talk with Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin, where they have Drew McIntyre's sword, Angela, still stuck into Pierce's desk in the ring. Oh, and they they try and remove it after a few lame <coughs> dad jokes. McIntyre interrupts, throws him out the ring, and retrieves his sword. Um, that was a bad. I'm not really right. Yeah, I'm not really feeling anything with the Mad Cat Moss and Heavy Corbin now. I didn't like Baron Corbin before. I don't like him as Happy Corbin. Mad Cat Moss is a really bad enhancement talent that they keep trying to get over and isn't working. And you basically made Drew McIntyre the the sword in the stone, only it was a desk. He pulled his sword out and it, like, really? I mean, right. I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, after that, Sami Zayn then sucks up to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville and is placed in a 12 man gauntlet match to happen next Friday. And what a Christmas that, that is followed. Go ahead. It's going to have a Christmas theme. <laughs> Don't forget. Yes, it's the uh, 12 what of Christmas? The 12 what Superstars of Christmas Gauntlet match or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is preluded by Ridge Holland and Cesaro. Right. Holland gets to jump on Cesaro before the bell even freaking rings, hitting him in the ribs with a shillelagh. And I wonder Cesaro if he got that from Chris Finley. Right. And then Cesaro gets his ribs wrapped and proceeds to come to come back and wrestle anyways. Why that makes no sense in the realm of things right. whatsoever. Oh, well, he, he, he's he got injured rims. Let him go out and wrestle. He's Swedish. He's tough. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, come on, guy. But nonetheless, Rich Holland hits a power slam on Cesaro and pins him for the one, two, three. I gave Rich Holland. Right. I gave Rich Holland versus Cesaro a C. 
because to me that is not what you wanted to see between no, those two guys. You know Cesaro is capable of having a great match. Oh, yeah. And they did. They had a match a few weeks ago where where Cesaro won. But, I mean, I get it. Ridge Holland got called to the main roster. He's Irish. So shameless. Okay, we're putting them together. But why are they not together as a tag team then? Why are they just beating the crap out of Cesaro every week all of a sudden? Exactly. And then, I mean, you wouldn't have to see New Day versus the Usos a million times. Right. Exactly. I mean, I'd rather see New Day versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus and then get a shot at tag titles if that's the case, but I guess, I don't know. New Day rocks. <laughs> I gave I gave it a C overall. I agree. Uh, up next, we have Naomi versus Shayna Baszler. Because it's made official after DeVille once again rejects a match with Naomi. Yes. DeVille distracts Naomi as Baszler sneak attacks her. Naomi transitions from being in a submission to a roll-up on Baszler and gains the pinfall victory in a very quick fashion. And you know what the only thing I was thinking about during this match? What's that? It sucks that Sonya DeVille plays for the other team. Because <laughs> she is gorgeous. I've never seen a woman look so good in a suit in my life. That, uh, the whole situation between her and Naomi, I like mm. the, the intensity that it, that it's showing out of, out of Naomi, but I gave this match a C because, all right, here you got Baszler as a beast. Right, and yet you're having her look it, to a roll-up. Right. I mean, that done absolutely nothing to keep her strong. Right. Uh, after that, we're followed by Mad Cat Moss versus Drew McIntyre. Facing off against each other at day one, being announced. Yeah. While Corbin and Moss are hiding from Drew McIntyre in a closet. Yeah. Who writes this? That's not a match. That's not a match I want to see on the first pay per view of the year. I'm sorry. All respect to Drew. Nah. But I, put him in a feud with Jinder Mahal again. Put him in a feud with. Just Baron Corbin. Why did he have to fight Mad Cat? It's like they're begging us. Please like this guy. Please. He's been with the company for eight right. years. I don't. I don't see it. But no. Uh, that's followed by the New Day versus the Usos. Now I'm going to say this. This was a tremendous match. Oh yes, they always put on great matches. It was a great match between two teams that have tremendous chemistry in the ring. I agree. I mean, they display great <coughs> athleticism. Nonetheless, a trouble in paradise from Kofi Kingston lands square in the face of Jimmy Uso, which allows Kingston to get the pinfall for the new day. Great finish. 
what I don't like is that whenever the tag team division begins to flounder because Vince fired half of each tag team, the immediately rush job is put the New Day and the Usos back together and let them fight. I get it. They put on great matches. But the reason you're getting those great matches out of them is because they've wrestled a hundred times already. You know? I agree. I mean, they they know each other. They know that that they can, you know, go beyond the right bounds of, you know, just a normal old match. They strike me as the type of guys that don't even gotta talk to each other about the match beforehand. They just go out there and on the on the you know, on a, a whim have the match. And they just, you know, throughout the match show each other little things they want to do and run with it. Because everything right. is so crisp and everything is so perfectly done. And that's a great asset to have. But shouldn't they be having this match with everybody on the roster? And I'm just one team. Yeah. Right. So. I don't know. I, I guess they only going to push certain tag teams. And it's, it's not <clears throat> good for progression. I'll say that. No. No. In my opinion, the tag title should be one title. There should not be two on both shows. Let the let the tag team titles and the women's tag team titles jump back and forth. You know what I mean? This way you only have to have one big tag team division versus having two small divisions, which keeps getting cut every so often. And then we get makeshift teams like Riddle and, and, our, and, and Randy Orton, which they're a fine team. They're, they've got good comedy. They, they actually work together well. But you took two singles wrestlers and put them together just for the the fuck all of it, and we're like, okay, you know. <laughs> well, I, I will say this: I'm a fan <laughs> of RK, bro. I am too, but we all know that's leading to Randy eventually turning on Riddle. So that ain't gonna yeah. last much longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is the viper for a reason. You know, that might happen. We might be close to that happening at Mania. They might lose at day one or whatever. They lose the belts. They'll feud for a couple months and then at Mania have to blow off for the feud. You know? Right. So. Um, After we have the New Day versus the Usos, Roman Reigns finally arrives in the arena, greeted by Paul Heyman. Roman is clearly mad and tells Heyman, let's go to my ring. Here you can cut the tension pretty much with a knife. But in inner inner Roman to the ring for one of his now synonymous promos. Acknowledge me. <laughs> Roman begins questioning Heyman about his involvement with Lesnar and why he was protecting Lesnar from him. To which Heyman replies. I'm not protecting Brock from you. I'm protecting you from Brock. Right. Kiss of death. <laughs> right there. Right there. It's like that's that feel good moment that you, that you want. Right. On SmackDown, this was that feel good moment because you want to see Heyman say F you, Roman, and just, you know. Right. But, but, could it be leading to, which, go ahead and say what happens before I get into that part. But, but go ahead and tell us right. what the ending Rain, is. 
Right. Reigns then fires him as his special counsel, then hits Heyman with a Superman punch, sets him up for a concerto, and Lesnar's music hits. The Beast enters, makes short work of the Usos before entering the ring, and eating chair shots to the back, powering through them like nobody's business. Yep. And hits Roman with the F5. Gets the pop from the crowd. Yeah. Gets the pop from the crowd, picks him up, and hits him with another F5 to close out the show. Now, we all don't know this is leading to Lesnar and Heyman being back together. But could that just be a ploy where Heyman now comes in and turns on Brock, leading to Roman remaining champion? I think it's going to be like something like Heyman gives the low blow to Roman unexpectedly and and then helps Brock get the belt because it's it's time for them to to let somebody else have it even if it's for a week right right I don't know I see I think they want Roman to pass Brock's title reign because Brock was like champion for like 500 and some odd days I think Roman is still a, a while away from there uh, so I think they're going to do all they can to keep it on him till he surpasses Lesnar. Plus, I don't think Lesnar wants to stick around after day one for you know to, to do another title match. So it would pretty much be, okay, Brock wins the title and goes away again, so we're back to the same thing. And they ain't evaluating the Intercontinental title to be the secondary title again. So no champion on SmackDown. We're just going to have Roman go, Acknowledge me, but not have no belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's still gonna, I don't foresee him change. I don't foresee him going back to being a face after this, or at least a long while. No, but I'm saying like you've seen him as the cocky, you know, the right. cocky, arrogant champion. Maybe it's time to see him as they cheated me. Yeah, yeah. Because at the same time, you're like, you got what you deserved. Yeah, you got shown up, which would which would make sense. And he has been the champion for over a year, so, you know, they may be ready to, to switch the title for a little bit. All in all, what would you grade SmackDown? All in all, I graded SmackDown a B. And that's because... The women's match and the feel-good moment of Heyman finally realigning with Brock against Roman. It's just that that that's over with me. Right. I agree. I agree. So, we switch gears to our final show of the evening. And that is AEW Rampage. Um, and we immediately open up the show with our first match, which is an eight-man tag. Cole, Fish, and the Young Bucks taking on the best friends and Rocky Romero from Japan. Um, Good, solid opener for an eight-man tag, but just a whole lot of stuff going on all at once. Orange Cassidy came in and did his normal stick. The Young Bucks hit their super kick party. 
Uh, Trent hit his finisher and then got the win for the best friends in 17 minutes. Again, it was a really good opener, but in my opinion, I don't think the Super Click should should have lost here. Right. You know? I agree. It's just, with that much going on, you expect the Heels to get the win, you know what I mean, by some underhanded tactic or whatnot. But I guess they're building Trent Barretta up to be being something big again. And they needed him to get this win. Um, again, though, the, a decent opener. You you admitted, though, you thought it was a little bit too long for an opening match. Yes, like, why should this not have been your main? Right. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> Rampage. But their main is usually their opener. That's the funny part with Rampage. They almost right. open with the better, better of any of the matches on the card as the opening match. But solid opener. We then go to my favorite person in all of wrestling, Dan Lambert. Uh, he's with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. He's finally back after being put through a table by Chris Jericho on pay-per-view. Uh, and he actually cut a pretty good promo. He mentioned that Tony Khan has only given friends and EVP title shots and is not looking at the ranking system, which is something AEW said that they would do. He then picks on Cody. Uh, he, he mentions Cody's bad uh, reality show, which it is pretty bad. I don't know if you've caught in the Cody Rhodes reality show. It's pretty damn bad. I've seen his matches. I definitely don't need to see his reality <laughs> show. <laughs> Uh, this brings Cody out. Cody looks to take out all three men, but it's too much. Then comes out Big Brother Dustin, who attempts to help, but he ends up getting beaten down too. Now, Cody Rhodes is 6'1 and like 240 pounds. Dustin is like 6'5 and three, almost 270 pounds. But these three guys, a 60-year-old promoter, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are beating the crap out of them. And then Sammy Guevara comes out. I love Sammy Guevara. I think he's great, but he's like five foot ten and like one hundred and sixty, and he knocks everybody's ass out. <laughs> you know what I mean? He saves the day. He looks at Cody and he's like, "I got you," because they're going to have their match on on Christmas Day for the uh, AEW title, um, TNT title. But this was still a good segment. It got Dan Lambert over as a heel again. Fans were still booing Cody like crazy, and it gave Sammy Guevara some much-needed uh, TV time. I, I'm a fan of Guevara. <clears throat> now, I do I think that they should have had him come in there and knock everybody the hell out? No. No. <laughs> there were better, more credible people on the Candidates. roster instead of came and made that, you know, but... Let Wardlow if we're just going to do some shit that don't right. make sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we hear from Nyla Rose, Ruby Riot, Thunder Rosa, and Jade uh, on why each woman can lay claim to the TBS title. I hope Thunder Rosa wins it, but I wouldn't mind it being Ruby Riot. I just hope it's not Nyla Rose or Jade because then that title is doomed to fail. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. It definitely needs to be on one of the seasoned but adverse talents. Right. Right. We're going to be there every week to, to, to defend it as well. 
Right. We then go to Ty Conte and Penelope Ford in a submission match. And both women traded submission moves throughout the entire match. Uh, it was honestly the best I've seen either one of these women do. There were no botches, no problems between the two of them. Conti had control of most of the match, but Ford continued to surprise me, actually, with her ability, since she must be training. Conti picked up the win with a rear naked choke at the nine-minute mark. Very well done. Very, very good, good women's match here. Yeah. And, I mean, think about when the last time, really, that you heard of somebody tapping to a rear naked choke in wrestling. Right. It, it doesn't right. happen that often. Nope. That's nope. more of an MMA move. Right. And that's what they're trying to push Ty Conti as a, as a lethal weapon because she knows jiu-jitsu, she knows MMA, you know what I mean? But just whenever she gets up right. to winning a, a big matchup, she ends up losing it. I just I don't understand them not pushing her and Anna Jay a little better. Anna Jay is a sweetheart and has great ability, but yet whenever she has a match, she's the she's the jobber. So, right. I, I don't know. Uh, we get a rundown of next week's holiday bash shows, and then have Mark Henry do his split screen interview with the ten man involved in the uh, main event, which is two point and the acclaimed on one side. Uh, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Lucha Bros on the other. Um, all ten men then start out as a fight. This was a fight from the get-go right on the aisle. Uh, Kingston's all yeah. over Garcia. Two, 2.0 are paired off with Santana and Ortiz. And the Lucha Bros and the Acclaimed are taking it back and forth, uh, teeing off on one another. Uh, we see an exchange of everyone's finishers, as they do in matches like this. But Kingston goes for the back fist, and Garcia rolls him up, hooks the trunks, and actually gets the win at the 10-minute mark for Team 2.0. I was a little shocked at this, actually. Yeah. It definitely had the surprise element. You know, I didn't expect to see Eddie, Eddie lose a match like this. Uh, and I, Daniel Garcia is supposedly a really great wrestler. I haven't seen that much from him yet. But I will say this, he showed off in, in this 10-man this tag as much as he could. And, but I agree with you. They could have switched these matches around and gone with the 10-man tag in the, in the opener. Still would have been a great opener. Opener. Uh, you're right. And, and then, then put your event could other have, you match know. at the end. Post-match, the acclaim in 2.0 continue the beat down on Eddie Kingston. But Jurassic Express makes the save, uh, which... Got my eyebrow up. I'm like, what the hell are they making saves for Eddie Kingston for? But it was because they wanted to go face-to-face with the Lucha Brothers because they are the number one contenders to the tag team titles. So uh-huh. I guess I guess with the Revival being with Sting and Darby Allen for right now, the Lucha Bros need a credible tag team opponent. I much rather would have liked to see it be Santana and Ortiz, but... Well, the Jurassic Express is still a credible team to get a shot at the titles. Well, you got to think, too, the last time that those two faced each other, it was pretty freaking epic. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. if we get a, a part two to that, that is no interference this time, maybe you know, just have have a right. good knockdown down, drag out fight. Then I believe 
I'll be satisfied with that decision. I agree. I agree. I, I wouldn't mind Jurassic Express winning the titles. They deserve it. J- Jungle Boy's coming up, you know. Right. But, you know, I give uh, Rampage a, a 4.5 out of 5. I, this this page, this show was almost perfect, in my opinion. Uh, just the, the way the matches were kind of like we set out of order. Kind of threw it for a loop a little bit. But, on a, a, you know, on the, the grading scale... I'd give it a solid B plus, almost A minus. Right. You know, very, that, very good, well put together show. So, now, Mark, you mentioned you wanted to speak about something. I'm assuming that there is something that's currently grinding your gears. <laughs> um. Oh. Let's see. I mentioned I wanted to speak about something. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing so, a blank. You said at the at the beginning of the show that you were going to leave something to the ending. Maybe I misunderstood. We already talked about it. Yeah, I believe it All had right. to do with the content. All right, well, then what grinds my gear this week, it's not a major problem that we're seeing, but it's beginning to become a major problem. And that is a lot of current talent threatening to leave wrestling companies, hoping that it gets them a better deal. Now, look, I'm not opposed to these wrestlers being paid what they're being paid. They damn deserve it. They put their bodies and their souls on the line, their lives and their families on the line every night of the week. But we just saw it recently with Kevin Owens. He said for weeks, oh, my contract expires in a month. I'm out of here. I'm going to AEW. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I hate it here. They're not pushing me right. And then WWE made him a really lucrative offer. And guess what? Kevin Owens re-signed with the WWE. Yeah. And uh, so did Gargano. Uh, apparently, Johnny did resign and will be back after his son is born and he spends a little bit of time at home. Now, Johnny never said, I'm leaving, I'm going to AEW. He no, just said he wasn't what, sure what he was going to do. Right. And, KO and, and Sami Zayn were all about, oh, we're all elite. Yep, we're out of here. We're going to go, we're going to go where our friends are. And, you know, it's like, if you're going to do shit like that, don't make it public. You want to tell that to Vince McMahon and Triple H, by all means, tell them that. It's it's okay to tell your right. boss you got a better offer. But for you to publicly yeah, you do it on a weekly go. basis, yeah. Right. You do that on a, 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 you know, publicly do that on a weekly basis and trash the product. And you don't like this. You don't like that. You don't like any of the people you're working with anymore. All your friends left, just that. You know, when the click left in 94, 95 to go to WCW and Shawn Michaels got left alone in the WWF, he never once said on an interview or anything like that, I'm going to go to WCW because Vince McMahon doesn't like me anymore and I'm going to I'm gonna go to Kevin and Scott. He never said that. He never did it once. Bret Hart said he would go to WCW more than Shawn Michaels did. You know what I mean? Right. And it goes without saying, if you've got to use another company 
to get a better offer. Now, Kevin Owens is a great talent. Kevin Owens is one of the best I've ever seen. I've been watching him for over 15 years now since Ring of Honor and his time in, in other companies, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. But Kevin doesn't need to stoop to something like that. You know what I mean? He knows he can rest on his yeah, world and his, his, his ability and not have to do it. But I guess seeing what Cole did and seeing what other guys did, like Brian and uh, Christian, he felt that he could use it to his uh, advantage. What I will say is this. I hope it was worth it. I hope Kevin is being paid what he deserves. But I also hope that Kevin is gets pushed the way that he deserves as well. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense to pay the guy all that money and you're not gonna, you know, right? push him. That would be like signing a, a, a picture to your team for $100 million for three years. That means you're basically paying him $35 million a year to have him sit on the bench for the next three years. Not injured. Right. You know, you just had nothing for him, but you didn't want anybody else to get him. Or signing a right. quarterback that you know doesn't really want to play for your team but is willing to stay there for the money and not use them. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, right. Kevin Owens is in a world title match <laughs> day one, but <clears throat> because Big E is still in the infancy of his world title run, I think history proves that he is not losing his title unless it's to Bobby Lashley. Because after what they did to Kofi Kingston with Brock Lesnar and to Bianca Belair with Becky Lynch, I don't think they're going to let Big E lose his title like that. To no. Kevin or, or Seth Rollins. But I do hope somewhere down the line that Kevin Owens does get another good title run. Doesn't have to defend against Goldberg or Brock Lesnar down the road and can actually become one of the upper echelon in WWE. Because, hey, if you let them pay you to stay there, you might as well be in the main event as well. Right. So, my anyway, main point that, of this, though. Go ahead. That's what you want to be, anyways. You don't work to be. Hey, I, I'm going to be just another guy that is on the card. No, you want to be. I want to be main event caliber. If you, that's not right. your mindset, then you're doing it wrong. He stepped in the ring as a main eventer, in my opinion, when he challenged John Cena that first night. He came out for the open challenge, and he has been a main eventer ever since. But the last year of his career. Has definitely gone downhill slightly. I just hope that if he, like I said, Kevin, if you wanted to stick around and be paid what you thought you deserved, but you do deserve it, you might as well have gotten a world title shot somewhere in there where you could actually win the title and run away with it. You know what I mean? And any other wrestler, whether it be going from AEW, Impact, WWE, or any other company, don't you, if you're going to use the other company to try to get leverage, remember this. Vince McMahon doesn't work on shit like that. He doesn't care if you're going to go to the other company. He'll let you, and then he'll let you have a piss poor year there. And then when you're not worth as much, he'll go, "Hey, hey buddy, you want to work here for five hundred grand?" And you'll take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, just remember, you reap what you sow, and if you're going to do that every time, try to get a leg up in a company, it might not work. So. That is going to do it for us this evening on uh, If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking. Mark, you have anything else that you'd like to say before we sign off? Yes. 
I've I really hope there's something better that's coming <laughs> through all these storylines. I do too. I do too. Which I think with Raw and SmackDown, the product is definitely getting better. AEW is starting to buckle down and actually put real storylines out there. So I think we're in for a treat in the new year. Uh, Mark, next week, I was thinking about us doing our top five moments of 2021. What do you think of that? Let's do it. All right. So you get your top five together. I'll get my top five together. We will do a quick thing in between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, then we'll be back in the New Year, obviously. I want to thank you guys for supporting. If you smell what you're just cooking, what Mark and I do here. I want to thank you for supporting WrestleNut Radio and the We Can't Wrestle Podcast family. Thank you to Nate Maxson, Aaron Maxson, and everybody else who takes part in this company and family that we have here. Merry Christmas to all of you and your families. I hope that you guys have a wonderful day or days with your families and enjoy yourselves with some good food, some good friends and family, and even some good presents. We all deserve it sometimes, no matter how rotten we've been. (laughs) Uh, Be safe because of the whole new COVID variant that's out there. Please be safe as well. And uh, And please drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly, yes. Um, and that's going to do it. Mark, you want to take us out? You want to do it this week? Uh, I, I, I probably better not. The wife's asleep. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And I will see you next time on If You Smell What the Arch and Mark are cooking. All right, brother. <laughs>